This is the E-Commerce Brain Trust, a podcast about building momentum online for established consumer brands. Join our hosts and their expert guests for high-level conversations about e-commerce strategies, trends, and innovations. Access our Brain Trust and boost your brand's e-commerce potential. Well, hello and welcome back to the E-Commerce Brain Trust podcast. I'm your host, Kiri Masters, and today I'm joined by a colleague of mine, Matteo Bizon, who I've gotten to know very well over the last couple of months because we've been sort of in the trenches together, Matteo. Yes, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So we have been hard at work on some new research that we've put together from Bobsled about the topic of retail media allocation. And this is a burgeoning space with a lot of retailers launching their own retail media platform or partnering with an existing retail media network like Critio or Citrus Ad or even Instacart's new platform. And so there's more and more options for brands wanting to reach shoppers through a retail media advertising solution than ever before. And while that creates a lot of opportunity and a lot of different options for brands to reach shoppers at every stage of their buying journey, it also creates a lot of questions. How much to allocate to each of these retail media networks? How much needs to go to Amazon? How much needs to go to Instacart? And how does that change dynamically over time? So this is the big question that we sought to answer with some research that's coming out on May 19th. And as a prelude to that, we're going to talk about the top six mistakes that brands make when allocating retail media budget. So before we jump in, I'll just give a little background on Matteo. Matteo is a PPC specialist at Bobsled. He became passionate about digital advertising while studying marketing management at university and immediately started experimenting by launching his own website project and helping a friend start an e-commerce business for his clothing brand. After working for an Italian digital marketing agency, he joined Amazon where he learnt Amazon advertising in a client-facing role. Looking for more challenges and knowledge around advertising on Amazon, Matteo joined Bobsled, where he's had the opportunity to discover more advanced techniques and refine his skills and work with me on research. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Well, let's jump in. I'm really keen to learn more about Mm -hmm. what you see as the big mistakes that brands make in retail media allocation. Matteo, why don't you kick us off with mistake number one? Yeah, definitely. So one of the main mistakes that we have noticed by talking and collaborating with dozens of brands is that a significant percentage of them allocate retail media budgets based on past performance, so on historical channel sales. And while this approach seems quite reasonable, and it is actually and definitely the most straightforward one to apply in practical terms, it might actually be the cause of excessive rigidity in the approach towards budgets. So, for example, this approach leaves little room for experimentation. And this is not only in terms of trying to advertise on new platforms, but we found that it leaves little room for experimentation also within the platforms that brands are already currently using. Mm. 
And what we found is that this results in potential missed opportunities. So the investment towards a certain platform might remain underdeveloped only because the results so far have not been strong enough. But this definitely does not mean that the platform itself does not have any potential. And additionally, this could result in a potential misalignment between the overall company strategy and the actual advertising implementation. And this happens because by prioritizing always the platforms where more money, so more revenue is generated, we might be potentially leaving out good opportunities to generate, for example, awareness and consideration, which of course are less profitable stages of the funnel, but are actually fundamental to the brand's long-term success. Yeah, absolutely. It's sort of a rear-view mirror view of the world, isn't it? That it's based on past sales and not necessarily, particularly in really quickly changing categories like grocery, doesn't account for new ways that customers are shopping like through ultra-fast delivery and stuff like that. So if you're Mm -hmm. just basing it on what your past retail accounts have contributed, it's pretty one-dimensional. Yes, definitely. So I'll take mistake number two, which is not allocating a test and learn budget. And this really relates to your mistake number one, Matteo, which they're really linked. So having a test and learn budget is really essential to being able to jump onto those new opportunities, to be able to jump onto a GoPuff, for example, if you're a mass market, large CPG brand, and that's increasingly becoming a channel that people are shopping on for convenience items. So as a place to start, a lot of brands choose a pretty arbitrary number of 10% of their advertising budget to go into test and learn. And that can be both new platforms like a GoPuff, for example, or it could be different ad types that are emerging that could hold some promise. There's a number of tips that we share in our report, which comes out in May, but one strong recommendation is that once a test and learn test has proven successful, to immediately move that spend into the business as usual budget so that you can continue to test on new initiatives and not have you know, your test and learn budget overrun by things that you actually started testing a long time ago, which have already proven to be successful. Mm-hmm. What about mistake number three? Yes, so mistake number three is an extreme focus on a specific platform instead of looking at the bigger picture. And we noticed this mistake by speaking with several brands. And during these talks, we discovered that in several cases, the performance on each platform falls under the responsibility of different teams within the organization. Mm. And This might not seem an issue at first because, of course, you have a group of specialized and dedicated people who are exactly dedicated to the success of that specific channel. However, if you add to this that these teams often fail to share their knowledge, which might be actually vital to improve performance on other channels, or sometimes even have to compete for budgets internally, Mm -hmm. then it actually starts to become an issue. 
So instead of working in a coordinated manner to achieve the company's strategic goals, the different parts of this machine start pulling in different directions. And this potentially results in the company going, of course, as far as its overall objectives are concerned. So in our opinion, there needs to be a much more coordinated approach, which takes into account the direction a company wants to go and results in a well-oiled machine where everyone is collaborating towards the company's end goals. Matteo, you're talking about this magical world of like some kind of organizational heaven. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. Theory is different from practice, but we have to to strive for (laughs) the ideal. Yeah, it's a challenge that will ultimately need to be resolved for a lot of companies, particularly the ones who are extremely siloed, like what you're talking about, because there is so much wasted potential and sandbagging that happens. And we've certainly, I think, this you might have experienced this yourself, but there's brands that we work with that their D2C e-com team won't share keyword performance and assets with the marketplace mm-hmm. team because they're territorial and they're sort of incented to grow D2C channel sales at the expense of everyone else. And there's in some companies it's really driven by territorialism and competition and that just yeah exactly you you create this unhealthy environment where people start thinking as a team but Mm -hmm. instead of collaborating all together for the company's objectives they fight with each other yes and i believe to answer your point about the siloed organizational structures i believe that the companies which will be able to solve this challenge will be the actual winners in the retail media environment in the long run. Yep. And not to give away the thesis of our research, but because that will be on next week's podcast, so tune into that one. There is an approach which allows for more collaboration, which is what we're proposing in our piece. Awesome. So my mistake number four is making ROAS or ACOS the default target metric for ad campaigns. And I think this happens for two. One reason is it is a metric that's easy to calculate, fairly universal, and it's what's easy for the retailer or the ad platform to put in front of an advertiser. And undue focus is placed on it because it is so legible, it's so available and sort of the status quo for a lot of brands. But this is not a very good metric if your main objective as a brand or subset of products or for a particular channel is to actually grow. If you're actually looking to grow market share, category share, grow revenue, anything sort of growth related, you don't want to be focusing in on ROAS driving that up or ACOS and driving that down because that is not a growth metric and it's something that we see happen a lot with brands with their Amazon or retail media advertising strategy is that they really focus in on that number but they actually want to grow. Yes. Just to give an example like we could get your ACOS down to 2% if we only bid on a 16-word keyword. 
know, <laughs> there is, you know, like we're just going to be capturing that one shopper who's going to come in and buy that product every month as a consumable. So that is not a growth strategy and it's a mistake that we see far too often. Yes. Anything to add to that? Yes, I think you describe a situation that we will live every day as a PPC team, as a broader team here at Bobsled to, to try and grow our accounts. We always try to make the clients understand that if you want growth, for example, you cannot be limited by ROAS. Of course, you have to keep it under control because we don't want you to be unprofitable. But if our goal is to really gather more market share, which first of all is achieved through a greater amount of share of voice, then this requires a cost. You need to bid higher. You need to appear more often with your ads. You need to target broader keywords. And what we try to convey, the main idea that we try to convey is that actually this is a long-term game meaning that ROAS gives you only a result in terms of what happened yesterday or last week, how many sales you had based on your spend. But it does not account for the whole picture because what about those people that actually clicked on your ad, didn't convert, but actually read your whole description and now maybe know your product and remember your product and they will try it out next time. Yep, totally. What's the next mistake? Yes. So mistake number five is connected to the last mistake you talked about, about ROAS being often the only important metric. This mistake is actually about getting lost in the multitude of metrics which are currently made available by each platform. Mm. So we know that each retail media platform provides different levels of reporting and metrics as far as advertising is concerned. So let me give you a couple of examples. On Amazon DSP, you can receive insights into the percentage of subscribe and save orders that came from paid ads, whereas this is not possible with Amazon pay-per-click campaigns. Another example, Amazon pay-per-click provides data into the top of search impression share of your keyword targeted campaigns, which is not present on Instacart. And then Instacart provides different reporting insights based on the percentage of your revenue you are reinvesting into the platform, which qualifies you into different reporting tiers and gives you different levels of reporting insights. So from this example, you can understand that all of this can be really confusing for most brands. And they really struggle to make order out of this incredible amount of differing information. And this, as a consequence, can potentially result in losing sight of the most important metrics. So right. in our opinion, what we usually recommend in these situations is that, yes, all the metrics that we receive from these platforms are extremely valuable and they provide an additional level of insight into what's happening with our campaigns. But that's precisely that's more information. What we don't need to lose sight of is actually the core digital advertising mm. KPIs, which are impressions for awareness, clicks for consideration, and conversions for purchase and loyalty. So mm -hmm. brands that are 
literally overwhelmed by the amount of information in terms of data. They should really focus on these key metrics, look at their numbers, and also evaluate the cost per each action. So cost per impression, cost per click, and cost per conversion. And this helps simplify everything, and it makes possible to aggregate data from different platforms. That is such a good point. There's definitely a bright, shiny object syndrome (laughs) of there's new metrics or you can slice and dice it this way. And a lot Mm -hmm. of, I think there's a real trap that it's very easy to fall into the trap of asking for more data. But what are you going to do with that data? And do you understand exactly what it's telling you? And I think you make a really good point of getting back to basics of the classic marketing funnel and what metrics really matter at each stage of the marketing funnel. It's a really great point. Okay, so my final mistake, and I could spend a whole 30 minutes talking about this, so (laughs) cut me off if I start. Okay, perfect. (laughs) I I set the timer. (laughs) But it is not knowing the objective of the brand, the channel, or the product subset. And this is something we've spoken a lot about is understanding do you have a growth objective or a profitability objective because they each require completely different strategies and, to your point, metrics to track as well. Mm -hmm. And you can only serve one master here. Look, if you're going for growth, market share growth, you need to be, as you mentioned, Mateo, spending a little bit more on ads. If you're bidding on broad keywords, you're going to need to bid more for those. You're also potentially going to be running ads that are impression-based. It's a more expensive part of that marketing funnel to play at the top. Conversely, if you're focused on achieving a very specific profit margin or a contribution margin, then you should be focused more on profitable ad types and things like that. And this is just something that we see a lot of brands get confused with is they want growth, but then they want to, again, like manage to a certain ACOS or something like that. And it's fine to have a mix of objectives through your product catalog across different channels, but you need to be very clear about what the objective is for each brand, each channel or a product subset and make sure that your partners, if you're working with an agency or a consultant, understand that as well. Everyone ends up chasing their tails. There's no coordinated effort. It just doesn't work if you don't understand what you were trying to do in the first place. Exactly. Great. Well, like I've mentioned a few times, our latest research coming out May 19th suggest a better way to allocate retail media budget, which is, you may have guessed from our clues, by funnel stage, using the marketing funnel, allocating retail media budget based on the objective for each stage of the marketing funnel. So it is something that's new. It's something that we've spent a lot of time thinking about and modeling, and we'd love to share that research and uh, position piece with you, you can go to bobsledmarketing.com and find the learn tab and sign up for our report 
there. Matteo and I will be doing a webinar on May 19 to share the research, share some high-level findings and tips from the brands that we've spoken with as part of the research and our client work as well and have a good conversation there about what this could look like within your organization. So we'll add the link to the report and webinar in the show notes. But if you are on the road or something like that, you can go to our website, bobsledmarketing.com, find the research section and sign up there. Thanks for joining me, Matteo. Thank you so much.